happy Tuesday, guys. Man, there's a lot to talk about today. Let's get right into it. First of all, my favorite Netflix series is back. Drive to Survive. I've talked about this before. The Formula One series follows these guys around. I'm the first person to admit I didn't give a shit about racing, about Formula One, none of that stuff. I've never been into it. And then I started watching that series last year. And dude, it's insane. Like you see just the level of like shit that goes wrong with these cars. The amount of money involved is insane. All the shit that happens off the track. That's what makes it fun. I don't care about the actual race. It's all this stuff behind the scenes. There's like teammates backstabbing each other. I mean, the one dude um, races with Lewis Hamilton. And they kind of make him come in second so that Lewis can win. And so it's, there's this really weird dynamics between the teams where you even have two guys on the same team and there's always a favorite. And you got to think that doesn't sit. The only way you get to that level is because you're mega competitive. And now you're being told that you're the number two guy on a team. And so it's, dude, it's crazy. And the other thing is these dudes, I've said it before, are all dime pieces. I don't know if that's part of... <laughs> Getting involved in Formula One, where you also have to have a headshot, full head of hair, strong-ass jawline. They don't even let you in the car unless you got that jawline. These guys are like male models driving around in cars, making millions and millions of dollars. I bet chicks hate them. <laughs> yeah, I bet girls aren't into them at all. And you look at Lewis Hamilton, he's even got like a little piercing. On his nose, but it looks cool. Somehow it looks cool, but I bet girls aren't attracted to these guys at all. Ew. Multi-millionaire driving badass race car. Perfect head of hair. Ew. Get away. So these guys, dude, even I, even I'm watching it going like, I got some weird feelings right now. (laughs) It's so sick though, man. Like, and the difference between Formula One and... NASCAR and someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this if they know more but Formula One is so intimate with the vehicle every year you have to actually design a new car I believe and you have to the research and stuff that they put into it and obviously it's kind of like baseball where some of the teams have so much more money to spend on this shit than the other ones that like like Mercedes apparently always has the best car they just crush it and then you got like Haas who doesn't even have a, you know a tenth of the budget and they're fucking like taping pieces of wood together they got fucking square wheels on their car. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to see. And this year, I'm not going to give too much. I don't want to do spoiler alert if anyone else is watching this. But one of the cars is a complete replica of the previous year car on a different team. And that's a big point of controversy. And I don't know, dude. I just think it's fascinating. And you get to see these rich dudes who own this shit. It's all like rich guys. It's just like these old like billionaires who are like, dude, that's how rich these guys have gotten. They're at a point in their life where they're like, I just want to own a racing team because that shows you how competitive some people are. And listen, dude, I'm competitive. I'm competitive. I didn't didn't think I was. But when I start doing something, you know, a good example is so this last this last uh, last weekend, I did my first ever running race. And uh, man, by the way, I am I'm elated. I'm super excited because I had a goal. I wanted to do 1830 for my 5K. I've been running literally 126 days in a row, I think, by the time it was time for the race. And uh, my previous PR was 18, I'm just looking at 1839. So I had to go nine seconds faster than I've previously ever done. And um, it helped a ton just knowing 
What's funny is it was a virtual race too. So it wasn't even like there's no one around. It's just you. But there's still this adrenaline knowing that it's being recorded. And I felt it. I felt it in the last, especially the last kilometer. I just kind of, I just pushed. And I got 1825. And I fucking, dude, would I hit that? Mm, I hit that. Because you don't get that feeling that much when you're an adult. Like that instant accomplishment feeling is so good. And I've missed it. I've missed having that feeling. You know, I used to get that feeling in hockey when I would score a goal. You would get that instant gratification, that surge of excitement and energy. It's addictive. And of course, oh my God, I used to get that every weekend when I was doing stand-up. I used to be able to get that every single weekend and actually during the week as well. And so I didn't realize how much I missed that feeling until I finished the race. And I was just like, oh man, I had so much more energy. I did the 5K and I had so much energy left. I went over down to the river, down to, you'd be living in a van down by the river. And I did an, another 11 kilometers, just purely on like no fuel, just purely on positive energy, just feeling good. So anyway, big weekend. Okay. So that was my race and I'm, I'm happy with it. I've already signed up for another one. I'm balls deep in running right now and I can't get out, but I'm addicted. But it reminded me of, so I watch, I'm watching this, uh, drive to survive and these guys, right? Like. I thought I was, you know, like I said, I get competitive with stuff. I like to compete. But these guys, I mean, it's a billionaire. That's a guy who's like, you've already won life. And you realize these guys are like, well, I can never stop competing. And even if I get to the point where I'm so good at my industry, then I'm going to buy a race car team. And then I'm going to race cars because that's how much money I got. I'm just going to race my vehicle. So Dude, it's so crazy to see. And uh, I don't know. The other thing I like about the Formula One, too, is there's a bunch of turns. And it's not as simple as, you know, I'm not trying to put NASCAR down. But I'm saying NASCAR, you just go in that big donut the whole time. The loop, the F1. Dude, they go through, like, cities and cool cities, too. They go through Monaco. Like, all the nicest cities. They rip. And the just the shit. Dude, just the shit that goes wrong with these cars that's out of their control. And it would drive me crazy i mean you're in a race and you want to win and you don't even do anything wrong and it's like but they're so professional like you know the one guy his uh steering wheel stopped working concerning hey your steering wheel stopped working what and i would be irate dude if i was in the middle of a race and he was like in a position to place really well too i would be like hey what the fuck's going on with my steering wheel out here and he's just like steering not working and the pit goes okay Bring it into the pit. Okay. We just lost a race. Okay. So that's another lesson in there where they just keep, you can tell the whole name of the game is to not get emotional. Keep that to the side. And uh, yeah, you just have to put up with disappointment in real time, I guess. But anyway, huge, uh, huge fan. And um, I don't even know if I'll watch actual F1, but the series is so good. So highly recommend if you guys are in, like I said, I was, I don't give a shit about car racing, that type of stuff. I'm not a technical guy with vehicles, but this was one where, uh, yeah, dude, it's just like, you know what it is? I think it's just how hot the dudes are. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm watching it. Um, oh, by the way, someone sent me a message too, because I was posting this weekend about, uh, about the race and they said like, how often do you stretch? Cause my hips get sore and you know what the answer is? Zero. I don't stretch at all. I've run every single day and I don't stretch. And you know what it is? I think because I read one article one time that said, 
um, static stretching is actually bad. But which is weird because you know when we were kids, it was like all about stretching. You do anything. I mean, half a gym class was just stretching, right? But the weird part is the one time I stretched last year was when I got injured. The next rate, like the next run, I got injured. So I'm telling you, man, I don't know. There's something to it. Now, this is my theory, all right? This is my theory when it comes to stretching. And if anyone out there is a physiotherapist or something, you can let me know how this holds up, all right? Here's what my theory is. I think it is beneficial to stretch, but you have to do it precisely and correctly to maintain the balance of your joint and shit. Because I think when you're doing an activity, let's say something repetitive like running, and you're doing it continuously over and over and over again, your body adapts to that activity. Depending on your stride, whatever you're doing, your body then strengthens muscles, ligaments in certain areas to accommodate that activity and make you best suited to do it. So everything is balanced around that. So then if you go in there and you start stretching, but you stretch one side more than the other, right? Like let's say you stretch your quad and you don't stretch enough your hamstring. You throw off the balance in that joint that's been set up for the activity. So the next time you do the activity, the balance is off and then you're susceptible to injury. That's my theory. That's my theory. It's based on nothing. It's based on no science. It's based on a a feeling that I have. But I think there's something to that. Because I, I, so I think what I'm saying is it's probably beneficial to stretch if you maintain the balance. But next to that, the next best thing is to not stretch and maintain the balance. The worst thing is to stretch and fuck up everything that your body's been set up to do because you don't know what you're, and I think that's what happened to me when I got injured as I like stretched out the side of my knee and it got injured. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Not, <laughs> This is a comedy podcast. I'm just out here giving stretching advice now. This is this is now Todd's running doctor podcast at this point. So anyway, uh, big things going on that I saw as well. Beeple, you all heard of Beeple? Now this is another. This is all interlaced with what I'm saying. Okay, so running, showing up every day. Beeple. Now Beeple, if you look up this guy, he just made sixty nine million dollars. He did the first ever virtual art auction and made $69 million on his NFT. As far as what I understand about NFT, this is another thing tied to blockchain. And it's basically just saying it's a unique piece that no one else can own. So if you own it, you own it. It's like in real world, the Mona Lisa would be an NFT. There's only one. It's irreplaceable. So this guy sells his NFT, which is his digital art. And the piece was a collage of art that he's done for the last 13 years. He's done a piece of digital art every day for the last 13 years. And then he sold it for $69 million. How fucking crazy is that? And here's why I'm going to explain to you. Here's why I think it's so cool and why it's sort of a one-off. And I'll explain why is because in its purest form, he was doing that art every day with no expectation of a return. Really, like maybe a little bit, but n- never like a $70 million thing, right? He, d- he every single day for 13 years, was disciplined, showed up and did his art for the sake of the art, not even knowing there was a payout on the other end. And then it just so happens that during that time, technology gets to a place where boom, he cashes in. That's a beautiful thing. Because it's p- in a way, it's pure. It was only driven 
from a purely artistic uh, endeavor type thing. And so that's cool to me. Now that's gone. Now it's done. Because now everyone that does digital art, again, you're still going to do it for the art. But now you know there's that potential for the payout. And that can be also a motivating factor. Whereas he didn't have that. So that's what I think is really cool about something like that. When it's a brand new piece. Now, $69 million. If you watch the live auction that he does in the family room with his family. They watch it on like the TV or whatever, right? And, you know, you got him sitting down there and they're watching. It's it's already at like they wake up. It's at like $30 million. So they're watching as a family the last 24 hours of it or whatever, right? It's at 30. So he already knows he's going to be rich as shit. He already knows he's getting 30, right? And the family's buzzing. And as it comes down to like the last couple minutes, it starts ticking up again. And you can just see he, well, he reacts the same way any of us would react. It's like, he's probably already, his mind is blown that he's going to make any money on this, let alone millions, let alone 30 million. And then you see it bump up to like 40 and he's like, what the fuck? And then it bumps up to 50 and you can just see him like, holy shit. And then boom, it ends and it ends at $69 million. And you can, t- and his, fa- dude, his, f- the funniest part to me is the family who are all, you know, in the back of the mind, they're thinking we're all set. Thanks for doing all your art, Garrett. Cause now we all set. And I want to know how quickly they started asking for favors. I bet you it had, I bet you it started that night. Like no joke. I bet it started at dinner that night, right? They got, he's got the 69 million coming in. They sit down and have some chicken, right? People are already starting to leave breadcrumbs of favors. They need money that they would just look, Hey, Garrett, just so proud of you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry guys. We're going to have to just use the old plates. Uh, we, we don't really have any newer, newer. It'd be nice. It would be nice to have some new, you know, some new plates, maybe some, uh, some fresh utensils. That'd be nice, but we don't, you know, we just, we're on a pension. We're retired. So I don't know if anyone, I don't know if anyone suddenly came into a bunch of money and that'd be nice. <laughs> right? Someone probably like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. I, I mean, I've always thought your digital art was awesome, man. It's great to see. It's like, you're an inspiration to our kids. Um, uh, did you see someone follow their passion, make that much money, right? Our kids are always saying, they're like, oh, what does Uncle Garrett do? Why don't we all fit in the car? And I'm like, well, you don't fit in the car because we don't have enough seats because this is an older version. But if, you know, if we had something like a Range Rover, we'd be able to fit all of our kids in there. And did I mention they love you, Garrett? They love you. <laughs> and I don't know why I turned into Bill Clinton at the end, but I did. I want you to know they love you, Garrett, very much. I bet that happens so quick. I mean, it's not even their fault necessarily. You go, you're, you know, your family. I mean, imagine for him. I'm sure it doesn't sound like he had anything before this. He certainly didn't have $70 million. So you go from like zero to seven, zero to 70 real quick. Ooh, interesting. But yeah, I love the purity of someone doing something with no expectation of return. Jesus sounds like stand up comedy. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do a show for less than $30 up in Fort McMurray. <laughs> God. Anyway, the other thing that I got really pumped about, and by pumped, I mean angry and furious, was I saw my first I saw my first real anti-masker in public at the Walmart. I've talked about this Walmart, okay? I'm by 
a sketchy ass Walmart. I'm by a Walmart. Walmart? Buy a freaking Walmart, did? That's so good. Hey, going down to the Walmart, hey, bud, park your car at the Walmart. I'm by a Walmart that has three security guards, like, permanently there. You tell me. Like, this Walmart is just always seconds away from crime. Seconds away from uh, theft, arson, illegal, illegal martial arts. That type of stuff happens all the time around that place. They even have cameras on the self-checkout. That's how bad it is. I've never seen cameras on self-checkout anywhere else. They literally had to put cameras that face you at self-checkout. So they go, you're being recorded, don't steal. That's some passive-aggressive shit, but I respect it. That is some passive-aggressive shit, but I like it. That's kind of the best. That's the best kind of uh, calling people out. That's the best kind of motivation is you show them to themselves and you go, look at yourself. You're going to steal. You're going to steal that pack of gushers right now. Why don't you look at yourself while you do it? What have you become? So anyway, this was as I was leaving. So I didn't get to see the whole scoop, which is too bad. But I see girl, guy come in, no mask. And the security guard has to go like, hey, you got a mask? And the look, the look this girl had on her face was like, she's never heard of COVID. She never heard of the pandemic. Like the, uh, the, she gave this look of audacity as to like, how dare you even ask me? And then, you know what? So that irritated me. It irritates me already that they don't have a mask because you know what? You know why you're doing it. You know why you don't have a mask because you're trying to make a scene. You want to get called out. You want to get called out. And as much as when people do that shit, I, I purposely ignore it. Mask is different because that's a health concern, right? So now you have to give them what they want, which is the attention. That's what they want. It's all about attention. That's the whole thing. And she gets it right away. Just a little dose. Coming in, where's your mask? And she goes, can you give me one? And that, oh, dude. If you put together a survey of what would be the most disrespectful thing to say, she came up with it. She got it. She nailed it. Survey says, if this was Family Feud and it said most disrespectful way to handle not wearing a mask, what can you say? Boom. She nailed it. Can you give me one? Hey, why don't you give you one? Why don't you do a little early Christmas and like everyone else in society who has to wear a mask, give yourself a mask. Like, oh, dude, that was some, that's bugged me for days just thinking about that. I don't know what it is. She nailed it, though. If she wanted to irritate me, she <laughs> she nailed. I'm not really that upset, but it is. I did think that was like just so ironically disrespectful. And you know what else I didn't like was this poor guy is doing security at Walmart. This is not his dream, and he doesn't probably even feel that passionate about the mission. At least if you're doing security for a concert or the Olympics, you're like, I'm keeping people safe. This guy is doing Walmart security. He's probably doing it just so he can scrape by, make some money, pay his bills while he's working on to his next thing. And you're going to go get, make, you're going to make his already, you know, job that he probably doesn't want to do hard for no reason. And that pissed me off too. Cause now, you know, you're kind of treating him like shit. And so anyway, yeah, I, she was like, oh, can you give me one? And then her, the guy she's with just bust into the store. Who knows where he went? And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Okay, I get it. You might think it's mind control. You might think it's all whatever. But really, you know what it really is? It's all about attention. That's what they want. 
That's what they want. She wanted the confrontation. I hate that. Ugh. I hate that shit. You know, you, you realize during this time too, how many people think there's these massive conspiracies out there. And here's what I always say. Here's what I've always thought is like, even the people who think the earth is flat, right? The, the flat earthers. I, I, I would just go, okay, good. It's flat. Now what? Right now? What? I mean, even if you prove it's flat, okay, then that means it's been flat the whole time. Now what? And they'll never have an answer because it's not about the actual thing. It's about the chase, I guess. That That is a funny thing to think about, though. Like, imagine if they proved the Earth was flat, right? What do we now? What do we do? There's there's nothing to do. We're just like, all right, well, it's I we built everything we have around what it is. So I guess we just keep going. Ugh. I'm just saying put a mask on your face. All right. All right out here. So there you go. Look up people. Watch him. Um. Dude, watch him get the $69 million. You know what? Fuck. And that's how we tie it all together. This whole episode, okay? So I talked about this with my race, with everything. You very rarely get that feeling as an adult of that instant win, that sudden thing. And that happened to people, too. I guess, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm people. Maybe you're people. Maybe we're all out there just trying to trying to find our, create our own thing to make $70 million. Wow. Why don't you find your inner people and think about what you're doing <laughs> i don't know wow this has been a real inspirational hasn't it so uplifting and now uh, for some reason a whole blizzard has come down right now and i'm getting freaked out i gotta bring some stuff inside jesus i thought we were out of this i thought it was sunny i was running i, I ran my race with no shirt tarps optional and like i've said if, if it's optional that means it's not on that's the whole point of the option oh tarps are optional i'll take the option of not having one every time because you run faster with no shirt. That's the big lesson today. That's this whole thing I just wanted to tell you guys. You run faster with no shirt. Take that to the bank and sell it. And I'll see you guys, of course, on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. Let's get this week ripping. See you guys later. Bye-bye.